You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. First message back, I'd like some grace, please. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Jesus' house or something? It's good. Um, no, it's really good. The message really quite came together this week, and uh, I was quite surprised. I was like, wow, I haven't preached for a month, and, uh, and here it is. Awesome. Good, good, good. So we have a message today, which is great. It's good. Well, we, we had, thank you for uh, letting us go on our family break. It was awesome. Uh, we worked on our tan very hard. Uh, it was, it's, it's been quite good. We had a really good holiday as a family, and uh, in the last week of our holiday, we deleted Facebook, I deleted Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter from my phone. I, I know, I thought that they were native apps after a while there, uh, but I, uh, you can delete them, it turns out. And you can, apparently you can remove email from your phone as well. I didn't go that far. Anyway, but uh, it was good. We had a good family detox. You know, you just got to detox the brain every now and then, get off social media for a while, or, you know, it was good. Uh, we just had a lot of good family time, a lot of time hanging out at the river, you know. I think I filmed about a million videos of my children doing backflips in slow-mo. And then, of course, they have to watch them for the next several several hours. Uh, but that's what holidays are for, you know, to disconnect and then reconnect with the people who matter the most. So take your holidays, people. Um, take your holidays, you know. You people who keep banking up holidays thinking that you're a macho, don't do that. Take your holidays. It's good for you. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the word I'm getting for the year is strength, and the word that um, Pastor Beck's getting is possibilities, uh, which is really exciting. Um, really want us to build strength into our new groups this year, into the whole new group system, our V groups. Build strength into your relationship with God, into your marriage, into your family life, you know, uh, into our ministries that are happening, you know, every Sunday and through the week. I know that we're pretty desperate for people in our venue team and our kids team right now. So if you want to talk to Sam and Damien and also Jess Cowan, uh, because to build the church, we've all got to be involved. You know, and you can be involved on Sundays and during the week, you know, and doing, doing different things. But um, every, everyone has a contribution to make to the family. You know that person at, uh, at Christmas who never wants to wash up? You know, like, don't, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. So anyway, um, V groups are a, uh, a, a really crucial part, like, like Beck was saying. Uh, and they, V groups replace our connect groups. And we've got these short-term groups called growth groups. And the, the short-term groups will, will be announced and then they'll happen. And then more groups will happen through the year. Uh, it's going to be really good. But it's, this is basically a complete remaking of our old system, right? So, uh, but we've only got a few, so we need more leaders. So if you are, if you are mildly interested in, in, in perhaps in the future one day running a V group or even hosting one in your house, that would be really awesome. I would love to chat with you today. That would be really awesome. Um, or you could talk to Beck as well. All right, so we're finishing a series today called New. Who's been enjoying the series? Pastor Mel, who was there on the first week of January uh, with Pastor Mel bringing the word? I need to go and podcast that baby because I heard it was mind-blowingly good. 
So uh, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Um, and then we had Pastor Keith on, on week two and he interviewed uh, Rodden and Thorpe because the new thing that's on you that God has for you is not just for you. It's also, you know, uh, in, in, in the Word, and we're going to look at this verse, where it says you're a new creation, it straight away goes on to talk about the ministry of reconciliation. So the new that God has for you is not just for you, it's for others yeah. as well, okay? And then we had Pastor Keith last week right here. We had, okay, I'm just going to put it out there. We had 120 people here last week, which is a record service. Right now, I'm not just you know I'm not, I'm not just talking about numbers, but every number is a person. Every every number is a person who's meeting with Jesus uh, and has the potential to grow and be connected to the house of God. So super pumped! Like really, like I said last year, we're just getting started over here. So there's a there's a huge future ahead of us. Uh, and and then we had Pastor Keith talking about the new which comes when the old is past and we're stepping into something fresh and we get to choose this adventure that God has for us. And then so we, we hear God's voice and we sense His direction and then we see what He has for us. And then we have faith to step into it, right? So I want to read the series scripture which we've got today, which is uh, from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. I'm reading all of my stuff comes out of NIV. I know the guys over at Central Campus like the New King James Version. Good for them. I'm sticking with the NIV until I get told I have to change, in which case, no, anyway, here we go. <laughs> 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 17 to 18. It's already on screen. Thanks so much, team at the back. You guys are awesome and we love you. So good. Helping to make everything flow really well. So good. All right, here we go. It says, uh, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Or it means, or it means that that person is a new creation, right? The old has gone, the new is here. And all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Cool. What a great couple of verses. Wow. So amazing. Uh, so this, this life that you've been given in Christ is, is about working out what this new looks like. That's it. That's the whole ball game. That's everything. It's about learning what you have been given. What does it mean to be a new creation? What have I received? Because I'm not just this polished up, you know, scrubbed up, you know, old creation with a bow tie. Right? I'm a new person. I'm a whole new person. If anyone is in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come, he's a new creation. Whoa! Anyone is in Christ. That doesn't stop, like, you don't start getting old as a Christian the moment you've been a Christian for a few years. You know? You don't go, oh, well, I'm not a new creation anymore. I'm a pretty old new creation. No, 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 no. God is making all things new. He has given you every spiritual blessing in Christ already. It's just about working out how to use it. It's about working out what I've got, what, what's in my future, and then stepping into it. All right? And that's the whole Christian life, right? Nutshell, right? I, I, I learn what this new is. I begin to try it. I start to step into it. It becomes my new normal. And then God's got something else for me. The full, more of the fullness of this new land. 
So today, I want to talk about not just seeing, because we've been talking about seeing the new thing that God's got for you, right? I want to talk about seizing the new thing that God's got for you. Because it's, it's only one part of the step to see it, right? Uh, who, who has seen something already that they know, or God's given them a word or a vision or something about what's coming up this year for you? Who's, who's seen something? Yeah? Who, who's yet to see something? You're like, God, I need a bit more clarity here. Hello, could you come and show me what's going on? Right? Yeah, don't be shy. Don't be shy. That's good. I just want to, you know, we're on the journey, right? But that's good. So you see it, and then you seize it, and then you possess it. Right? You see it, and then I seize it. i got to fight to get it, and then I live in it. All right? So let's pray. God, we want to thank you for your word, for truth, and for the journey that each one of us is on right now. I want to pray that we would encounter you, encounter Jesus, and encounter your word and truth today. God, would you transform us? And would you help us to see and then seize and then walk in the new thing you have for us? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so perspective is pretty much everything. That's my thoughts. Perspective is pretty much everything. Because if you think that you can't do something, you probably won't. And if you think that you can, you probably will. It really comes down to your perspective. The level of your thinking will determine the level of your future. All right? Your future is determined by your most dominant thoughts. True. All right? How, how many times have you, or have we, or me, let's just talk about me because maybe, maybe you can relate, maybe not. How many times have you or I been held back by a limiting belief? It's probably not true, right? It's probably not true, but we've had it, and so it's held us back from stepping into something. That's perspective. Perspective. You, do you remember when they introduced those 50 zones? You know, you're driving around, and all of a sudden you hit a 50 zone. I remember just going, Duh! Now I have to slow down another 10 kilometers. I already want to do more than the 60, but now I have to do 10 kilometers less. Are you kidding me? And then they just, then they were everywhere. And then it was just the normal part of the Australian suburban landscape that wherever you drive, it's always 50 kilometers an hour. And I had this big discussion with Beck. Why do they have to put 50 zones in everywhere? And she's like, try to think of it like this. <laughs> Try to think of it as relaxing because it's slowing you down, not frustrating because you're going to be late. And I'm like, ah, that's true. So now I go into a 50 zone. Do you have the same thoughts? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, those, it's a red circle and a couple of numbers. And you, 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 yeah, they're important. They're important. So now I go into a 50 zone and I go, oh, time to chill out. Yeah. Look at the lovely houses around here or whatever. Right? Perspective is everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so the cool thing is, the cool thing is that God has something new for you this year. Not just the people around you, you. 
right? Every one of us. God's got something for you this year. In fact, every day. <laughs> okay, His mercies are new every morning. His compassions, His love. It's, 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 like, a, it's like a new thing. God's like, when, when you wake up, God's going, where are we going today? Because I got something for you. There's, there's like a revelation, there's a person, there's a, there's a plan, there's a, there's a dream, there's a hope, there's something for you every single day. But over the course of the year, sometimes God will go, this is where we're going. And you go, whoa, that's cool. God has something for you, but it doesn't mean it's gonna be easy. It's gonna, maybe there's some work involved to get there. In the Old Testament, the Israelites went on this journey from slavery in Egypt to the promised land. Bible says it's an 11-day journey. 11 days. Yeah, it does. It says that. I can't give you chapter and verse right now, but I can find it for you later if you want. It says it's an 11-day journey. But they took a 40-year detour because of fear. Because they couldn't get the mindset of slavery out of them. They couldn't walk into a victory mentality because of the slavery mindset. A whole generation, including Moses, had to die out because the first time they approached this promised land, you know the story, they responded in fear. And despite God doing all these miracles, they just, they just could not believe that God was going to take them in. They couldn't believe in God or in themselves to, to walk into the fullness of what God had for them. And so like, just like Israel, God has something new, like a promised land, like a dream, like a vision, like a thing, uh, a new space for, for you and I to walk into. What is it for you? Maybe it's a new ministry you should try out. Maybe it's a new, uh, a new business to start. Maybe it's a new career, a new direction, a new purpose. Maybe... That's that dream that's been gathering dust in the back of your mind. This thing you've always wanted to do, but you've always been a little bit, ah, I, I, I couldn't do that. What, what is it that God's trying to get you to see? Because that's what he wants you to seize. So you can possess the land. All right, let's go to Joshua chapter 5. I'll hang around there for a while today. Joshua chapter 5. I'm going to read a couple of verses there, then I'm going to jump into Joshua 6. Pastor Keith started on this last week. We're just going to take it to the next place. So I'm going to read uh, verses 10 to 11, and then uh, chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. Okay, verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 10 says, on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. Well, we're going to come back to that. And then, then God starts speaking to Joshua. Now the gates of Jericho, verse, verse 1 of chapter 6, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king, its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark on the seventh day. Really specific, right? God's being super specific here, you know. 
uh, have seven priests carry trumpets. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Man, you're going to get tired after that. March around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. At the end, the priest is going to be like, (laughs) exhausted guys. Sometimes priests get exhausted. Anyway, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the wall, wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up. Everyone straight in. Wow, that's pretty cool. God's telling Joshua what to do to take Jericho, which is the first step in starting to move into the promised land. All right? They've just crossed over again, and now they're like, whoa, we're here. We're back at the promised land. What are we going to do? Read the book of Joshua. So powerful, right? But look at verse 10. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, they camped, they, they, they took up some space for a while in the plains of the stronghold that led to the promised land. Right? Interesting how we often camp in the shadow of our stronghold while we can see the place that God wants us to go. Right? You've got these two things in view at any one time. You've got the dream of heaven and you've got the biggest problem to you achieving it. Jericho had to be defeated before they could walk into the promised land. Jericho represents, Jericho is a stronghold. It represents all of the stuff that goes on in your mind, which prevents you from thinking that you can achieve and walk into the new. You know, I love how it says they had, they had the Passover. They ate some of the produce of the land. It's like you can, you can taste the new thing. It's like you, you're camped, you're camped, ready to go. And you can taste the new thing a little bit. You can see it on someone else. You can kind of get a glimpse of what it might be to walk around in that land, you know, in that new thing that God has for you. You can taste it, you can see it. But uh, there's the big stronghold there. Hang on a minute. That's going to prevent me from walking in. Don't, don't camp at Gilgal for too long. Don't stay in, this, in the plains of Jericho. Don't stay camped in the shadow of your stronghold. Don't live there. Because sometimes you get to see like the thing that you, that you want to walk in on somebody else. You can see the fruit of it in someone else's life. And you're like, oh man, it'd be so good, God, to to live in that space. It'd be so awesome to to be like that, to have that kind of freedom or prosperity or joy. It'd be so good, Lord, if I could could be in that zone just like them. Wow. But but I I couldn't do that. I I couldn't be like that. That's your stronghold. How, how How can we walk into the new thing that God has for us as a church and for you as an individual? How can we destroy this walled city that prevents us from walking into it? Number one, if you're writing down notes, write this down. You've got to identify your Jericho, right? When you think about your dreams, what's the first thing that you think about that's going to hold you back? When you think about this thing, that, this thing that, 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 is, that inspires you, this, this ministry or this, this life, this, this, this place in God, 
this contribution to planet Earth, this way of advancing the kingdom, this, this, this culture in your family, when you think about this new thing that God has for you that is inspiring and you go, yes, I'm gonna get up at 5.30. This is my thing. I'm gonna get up at 5.30 every morning. Guess how many times in the last week I've got up at 5.30? Zero. <laughs> Big fat zero, because I'm like, no, 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 I'll ease into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't wanna start strong and then fizzle out. And then after a week, I'm like, maybe I should start to be strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let, let, let's just ease in, ease in. What goes through your mind that stops you from pursuing the thing that God has for you? Because you know what? Your Jericho presents itself in what you say about what you can see. All right? What do you tell yourself? What do you say to yourself? I can't, or I can. I'm, I'm gonna fail at that. I'm gonna succeed at that. I'm, I'm not worthy of that kind of thing. Jesus makes me worthy. I'm not, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not clever enough. Uh, I'm not holy enough. I'm not close to God enough. I'm not, insert thing here, enough. Or I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Like, like, like what's, what's the, the conversation that happens inside your head? What do you tell other people about your dreams? What do you tell yourself about it? That's your stronghold. That's your Jericho. What's the belief that you have that limits you from walking into it confidently? Uh, I read a story about the author and the entrepreneur, Don Miller. He wrote a few, a few great books. Donald Miller, you might have heard of him. This guy could not get a relationship to last. He's like feeling completely doomed in the love department. And he's like, it's, it's never going to work. He has this string of failed relationships. And he's like, whatever. Maybe it's just not going to work. So out of the blue, Don Miller's friend, Bob Goff, you might have heard of Bob Goff, few great books he wrote. Uh, we've, we just, I just finished reading one. You've almost, have you almost finished the other one as well? You've done. Okay, good. It's my turn. Uh, out of the blue, Bob Goff calls up Donald Miller and says, hey man, oh, just, I just love how good at relationships you are. <laughs> Don's like, well, that's not true. <laughs> Whatever, Bob. Anyway, Bob starts calling Bo uh, Don every week. Every single week, just love how good a relationships you are, man. And then he starts bringing in all these examples as how he connects with people and how good he is and, and this person. And you had this friend over here and they're so good and how you bless this person. And Bob starts adding all these examples of how good at relationships Don really is. And eventually it starts to rub off on Don. Eventually Don's going, I, I, I'm better at relationships than I thought. Hang on a minute. And then he starts to prove it to himself and act on it. And so he, start, he asks this girl out and she says yes and he dates her and marries her and she's the love of his life. And everything's changed because somebody identified his Jericho and started to speak a different language, started to speak a different conversation, right? Started to declare a different narrative, right? Started to change the way that he thought Bob had to call him every week for months and months and months for him to go, maybe that's real. 
Maybe that's actually true. Wow, maybe I could have that, right? Don had a limiting belief about himself that wasn't true, but it stopped him from moving forward. What do you say about what you can see? What do you say about what you want? Sometimes I'll be like, God, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want me to do? And sometimes God will be like, what do you want? And I'll be like, I, 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 I want what you want. You just tell me what to want and I'll want that want. I'll just want whatever you want me to do. I'm just, I'm just yours. God's like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't make you into like a robot. What is it that you want to do? Because maybe you just need to change what you say about what you can see or about what your dream is. Maybe you just need to find the truth of that and then you need to reframe what's going on in your mind and therefore change your future. But I'll tell you what, that's going to require a fight. Number two, you need to take the fight to your Jericho, right? Firstly, by changing how, what we say because words have the power of life and death. Now, 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 a bit of a disclaimer here. I'm not into name it and claim it. I don't believe in that. I don't believe you, if you just say the thing that you want a thousand times a day, eventually it'll materialize. It doesn't work like that, right? Words have the power of life and death. Yes, I believe that words create worlds. Yes, I believe that words are prophetic, right? But it doesn't mean I can just get up and go, blah, 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 and eventually that will become a part of my life. I don't think it works like that. I do believe in speaking truth, and I do believe in trusting God, and I do believe in obedience, and I do believe in stepping out in faith. Anytime you say to yourself, I can't, I shouldn't, I won't, I'm not worthy enough, all, all you're really doing is you're picking up another brick and putting it into the stronghold and going, let's build that stronghold a little bit bigger. Yeah, can't possibly, no, not worthy enough, no, nah, no, nah. let's keep building this stronghold and then we'll see how big the walls of Jericho get, right? And every now and then you're reminded of this truth that would, if, if applied, would completely crush the stronghold, would completely demolish this thing. And you're like, I don't know, maybe that's just for everyone else. It's definitely not going to work for me. Let's just add more walls to the, more bricks to the stronghold through that. It's time to remove the stronghold altogether. Not just to chip away at it, you know, but to actually demolish that thing. To get some truth bombs, some C4, and completely explode that thing to kingdom come, right? To start, you know walk in trust and obedience and speak some truth and lean into God's presence and God's power. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't all, of the, all of the Israelites that brought the walls down. It was the power of God, right? Look at this, uh, verse one of chapter six. Now the gates of Jericho, I'm running out of time. This is not happening. Uh, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites, Right? They could not get into Jericho because it was securely barred because of them. 
The thing that you need to demolish is securely barred because of the potential inside of you. And that's why the devil loves to feed your stronghold, loves to throw little ideas at you so that you never feel worthy enough, you never feel good enough, and you don't really believe the truth that the Word of God says about you. Because, oh, hang on a minute, and this, this is the problem with strongholds, is that every time something bad happens, you think it confirms it. And so you go, see, I'm not worthy enough. I couldn't possibly be a great leader. I couldn't possibly walk in prosperity. I couldn't possibly do that because you think because of something that happened is confirming the stronghold is real. Well, let me tell you, the stronghold is only holding you back from walking into it. And the stronghold's defeated by Jesus already. All right, the battle's already won. Jesus defeated the devil You're a new creation in Christ. The path to your dream is through the stronghold. It's directly through it, not around it. 2 Corinthians 10 verse four to five says, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Whoa! You've got in Christ the power not just to start chipping away slowly. Oh, eventually one day I'll get to my dream. No, right? To demolish the stronghold. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, right? Trust and obedience. Speaking out a different language. Here you go. I reckon, and uh, Pastor Simo, I reckon you added to this today. Because I believe that these weapons that God's talking about is prayer and declaration and prophecy and speaking truth. But I also think it's Thanksgiving. I also think that it's Thanksgiving, yeah. And so through the use of of prayer and declaration, right, of getting the Word on your lips, not just in your devotions for five minutes every day, right, but getting the Word coming out of your mouth, that's powerful. And as we continue to do that, these strongholds are demolished. What you say determines whether you seize it or whether you surrender it. Joshua says to them, look guys, you've got to be quiet. (laughs) I love this. God didn't tell him to tell the people. Joshua goes, it didn't work out last time. Last time, Numbers 13, if you want to write it down. Numbers 13, didn't work out last time. We sent some spies into the land, 12 of them, and and 10 of them came back and spread a bad report. So no one's spreading out bad reports anymore. He says, everyone be quiet. We're going to walk around the city once a day for six days. Be quiet. On On the seventh day, we're going to walk around Seven times, be quiet. Right at the end, we're all going to shout, wall's going to come down, you watch. And that's exactly what happens. Everyone be quiet. Why, why, why have I got to be quiet? Be quiet! Because of the, the negativity breaks faith. The negativity breaks trust. The negativity builds the stronghold back up. Right? Being silent is better than speaking lies, which are going to reinforce the stronghold. Sometimes you just got to be quiet. Yeah, I'll just, I'll leave that one. Right? 
But at the right time, you've got to shout that truth. And that stronghold will collapse. Anyway, anyway, I'm finishing up. Trust me. Point three is that we've got to rest. Can you come up, buddy? Uh, we've got to rest and reframe. Rest in His promises and rest in His power. It's the power of Jesus that breaks the stronghold down. Pure and simple. Jesus has defeated death, defeated the devil, and defeated sin. He's made you a new creation, and He's given you a journey into the, into the new, into the promised land. This wide open space of enjoying your life with God. The power of God brought down the walls of Jericho. And finally, the Israelites began their journey to seize. They hadn't walked into any other part of the promised land before then. This was their first point. This was their first battle. And you know what? They didn't even have to do it themselves. All they had to do was trust and speak when they were told to. Sometimes you just got to rest in God's promises and rest in His power. Rest that He's going to come through because He is good. And if He's told you this is where we're going, that's it. Follow. Follow, trust, be obedient and change your conversation. Like, Neuroscience, new research tells us that by changing the way that we think and changing the way that we speak to ourselves, we actually rewire like the physical networks that happen in our brains. It's mind blowing. Dr. Carolyn Leaf in this book, she says, as we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. And then new thought networks grow. New pathways, physical pathways grow in your mind as you decide to create them. The problem is, is that you've got some old pathways that you need to rewire so that they die out. Old ways of thinking like, I can't, I won't, I shouldn't, I'm not worthy. You've got to just change the conversation in here to align with this, to align with truth. Because when you do that, the stronghold, it blows up. The stronghold comes crashing down because of what Christ has already done. Not because, you just, not because you just changed a few th- ways of thinking. That's, that's, that's going to help the stronghold not be built back up. That's going to help you walk in confidence into the new thing. You and I need to change that internal dialogue that happens. Reframe that conversation with truth instead. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.